Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Man, uh, I just want to say that uh, if this is your first time here at Wapak Naz, um, or even first time stepping in a church, stepping into a church in a long time, uh, you're a risk taker, and you're bold, and I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the risk. Thank you for choosing to be here this morning, because of all the places that you could have chosen to be, uh, whether you were dragged in by your ear, by your spouse, your family, your kids, you could have been anywhere else. So thank you for being here and allowing us to be with you. Uh, we firmly believe that your presence matters in people's lives. You're important. And you're really important to us because we pray for you even though we don't know you. And uh, you're important to God. This morning we're, uh, we're going to complete a two-parter, two-part series. Uh, and uh, we're going to begin reading at Luke. Um, if you have your Bible... Um, please open up to Luke 23. If you don't have a Bible, that's all good and well. There are Bibles in the pew in front of you or maybe even behind you. Um, That Bible is for you. Take it. Make it your own. Um, If you you don't own a Bible, that's yours. We'd appreciate that. If you have the Bible on your phone, we'd ask that you open up your phone, open up that app, pull that out. And if you don't have any of them, that's all good. We got it on the screen for you. Got it on the screen for you. So we're going to look at these, these scriptures, but we're going to stick right to uh, Luke 23, 1 through 8. The rest of them we'll, we'll come to at a later point. Luke, I, I lied. It's Luke 24. Oh, oh, Pastor lied. Whoops, forgive me, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. Luke 24, Luke 24. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in the New Testament. It's on the right-hand side of the Bible. Luke 24, and it even says Luke 23 at the bottom of the screen. I'm really sorry. Brain fart. There you go. All right. Verse 1, chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning. That should set us off. These are are not earthly beings. These are divine beings. These are divine warriors. These are angels. That gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. I, on the other hand, probably would have peed my pants needed to change them but the men said to them and i think this is really important this is where we're going to land today 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man, the Christ, Jesus, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then they remembered his words. Mind just bowing your head with me one more time. We pray a lot here, just so you know. Jesus, I know that you're already speaking by your Spirit, and I would rather you speak than me. But I ask that we hear your truth and your word. Open our eyes and reveal yourself. May we look for you. In a world looking at a lot of things, may we look for you. Because you said, if you seek me, you will find me. It is in your name that we ask, Jesus. Amen. If you're here listening today or online on Spotify or iTunes or on the website, or if you're here and you're listening to my voice and you struggle with grasping this resurrection, this risen Christ, you're, you're not alone. In fact, we just read the women who were coming with the spices in their hands to the tomb, which was to finish the burial custom, the Jewish burial custom, it did not occur to them. After three years of following Jesus, seeing what He did, listening to the words that He taught, literally watching a resurrection just about two weeks prior of the person they know called Lazarus, It did not occur to them that the tomb would be empty. What they were carrying in their hands betrayed them. The spices that they had in their hands spoke volumes and commentary on what they believed about what they would find. What they expected was dead among the dead. That's why you go to a tomb. That's why you go to a cemetery. Many times early on in my life, I would drive up on a cemetery above uh, Interstate 35 that looked out on 35, and there were a couple people that I knew that had been buried there. I expected the dead to be dead in that cemetery because if they weren't, I would have been freaked out, right? It did not occur to them that they would find an empty tomb. So if you're struggling with the resurrection, you're in good company with these women and and even some of Jesus' inner circle. This didn't make sense for them on the front end. And so, the question that was asked of them by these divine warriors, why do you look for the living among the dead? It's an honest question. It's a poignant question. It's a profound question to not only those women, but to us in 2023. Why do you and me, why do we look for the living among the dead? Most of us 
go throughout our life looking for life among a lot of things that actually are dead. In fact, that corrupt us, corrupt our mind, our heart, our way of life that we have invested in, that we have put ourselves in lock, stock, and barrel. When you pull the curtains back and actually put it under the microscope, we find that most things are dead among the, the dead. This past Wednesday night, or uh, Wednesday afternoon, the, the, the day of the thunderstorms and the heightened anxiety of tornadic activity, my, my wife had pulled the mail out of the box, opened a letter, and the letter informed her that she was, uh, her request for unemployment for the Ambrose, from the Ambrose Chocolate Company is being processed. What? She called me and said, Babe, I got a letter from Ohio, fam- fam- uh, Ohio Family Job and Services. I think I'm supposed to be unemployed. And things were starting to fire. I was like, this is making sense. Because just a couple days earlier, on our Wapaknaz Gmail account, I looked on there, and there were all these emails from Chime, this financial services place. And I quickly dismissed it. But then when I went back, and I actually looked at the PDF it had my wife's name and our address. And I said, babe, did you open up account for Chime? What's that? We've been hacked! Her social security number was stolen. And so my typical reaction to things is, is pretty logical and, and very analytical. But I'm just going to be honest with you. At that moment, I started flipping out. I started to have panic on the inside of me. What else do they have? Do they have my social security number? Do they have access to our bank account? What about our retirement? Oh no, what's going to happen? We can't be generous anymore. What's going to happen? My wife was pretty calm, cool, and collected. I want to give props to Bailey back there because she helped my wife out at the bank we found out that someone did steal her social security number and started to apply for unemployment under my wife's name, opened up a Chime account, but thankfully, everything else looked pretty good. But I flipped out for a good half hour. And in light of everything that this day is, in light of this question, why do you look for the living among the dead? I was looking at things that actually, in the end, can be stolen from me. We work so hard for something that could be easily ripped from our hands from someone hundreds and thousands of miles away. A year and a half ago, after my mom passed. There's a dumpster in her driveway. 
And my mom was a generous woman. She had very little because she gave a lot away. But she still had a lot. And it was all in that dumpster. Why do we look for the living among the dead? If you really took stock of life, what actually can be really ripped from you? All of the things that you work so hard for, that you invest for, the American dream, whatever that is to you, the 401k, the new car, the the house, the property. At some point or another, someone else will own it. Someone else will use it. And we spend so much time at the cost of friends, at the cost of family, at the cost of relationships, at the cost of ourself. Why do you look for the living among the dead? A very poignant question that all of us must answer. I uh, recently heard a podcast. I I listen to the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast quite frequently. And I heard an interview on that podcast. And uh, there was an illustration. I was like, man, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Well, because I'm not that smart. Let's just be honest. But I have a couple cuties here. Oranges. For those of you that don't know what cuties are, who are listening online, um, I have a lemon, and and I have some blueberries from from my fridge. Now, if you have an orange, and you squeeze and press an orange, what comes out of an orange? This is like Sesame Street, right? Orange juice, are you sure? Well, we're going to find out. If you squeeze or press an orange, a mandarin orange, like I said, this is spit zone, man, seriously. You are going to get... Yep, that's orange juice, right? Yummy. I hope you're not allergic. But yeah, you squeeze an orange, and orange juice comes out. Let's, let's look at a lemon. You ready? I didn't cut this one open. We'll see what happens. I'm going to get it in my eye, I swear. I don't even know if I can break this open. Oh, there it is. What came out? Lemon juice. All right, we're going to try one more thing. One more thing. Blueberries. I'm going to take the air out of the bag. You ready for this? Oh, this is all messy. I didn't think this through. Blueberries! What's coming out of blueberries? Yeah? Man, y'all ought to be on Jeopardy. You're brilliant. What comes out of an orange is orange juice. What comes out of a lemon is lemon juice. What comes out of a blueberry is blueberry juice. What comes out of kiwi? Pineapple juice. No, no, Ambrose, you're a moron. No, uh, no. 
What comes out of a pineapple is pineapple juice, and what comes out of kiwi is kiwi juice. The lesson here, the idea that we learn from the mandarin orange, from the cutie that's so delicious, from the blueberry, from, from the lemon, from the kiwi, from the pineapple, from the apple. What's inside when squeezed, when pressured, comes out. What's inside of that fruit comes out. So let's ask the question. When you put a human being under pressure, Alizé said it's fact that human juice comes out when you squeeze and press a human. Oh my goodness. Ah. This is my sermon writing team over here. You are employed at two cents a week. Uh, what comes outside, what comes out of a human when squeezed under pressure of circumstance and life? is what's inside the contents of the human being. If you're driven by achievement and success, if you're driven by resentment, if you're driven by unforgiveness, if you're driven by bitterness, if you're driven by anger, if you're driven by hatred, when you become under pressure... That comes out of you. There is nothing more powerful in your life than the content of your heart. There's nothing more powerful in your life than the content of your heart. Why? Because the content of your heart creates the world around you. The content of your heart is the filter from which you see the world around you. The content of your heart determines your direction. The content of your heart reveals your destination. So what you have filled inside of you, what you are driven by, what you have consumed, will eventually come out of you. See, God and life work in tandem together to create these pressing moments in your life. If your identity was stolen online, what would come out of you? I'm I'm not very pleased with what came out of me in that moment. (laughs) I had to recalibrate, recalculate, and realign. After the panic settled, I had to move into prayer. Because for a brief moment, I was convinced. I was convinced 
that, that was my life. Your social security number is not your identity. Your bank account is not your identity. It's not who you are. When life and God press you, what comes out of you? He doesn't need to know that. He already examines the heart and the mind. That's part of who he, do, who he is and what he does. It's a revealing of our own heart, isn't it? If somebody was publicly and vehemently putting vitriol and venom out about you, if your ego and your pride were being pressed and crushed and cut off at the knees, if your financial situation, your work situation, everything you invested in is taken from you, if you as a parent, a lot of parents have their identity in their kids, some of them just keep having kids. But there's going to come a time when you can't have kids. You won't be that parent who's holding that child. What comes out of you when you're pressed? There's nothing more powerful than the content of your heart. Create your world. You filter the world through the content of your heart. Determines your your direction reveals your destination this morning what's the content of your heart see when Jesus himself was pressed when he was squeezed when he was pushed to the physical limits of his life when he was under accusation when his reputation was at stake when his life literally hung in the balance before him what came out what came out of the son of man and the son of God John that that disciple, one of the twelve that hung out with Jesus for three years. The only disciple to physically eyeball Jesus dying on the cross, as well as eyeball the resurrection and the ascension. All three of those significant moments. In his old age, looked over his shoulder. Reflected on life, and particularly on Jesus. And what John found when Jesus was squeezed, pressed, what John found on the inside of Christ was this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. When squeezed, love for humanity came out. Love for you came out. Love for all the world came out. John continues, he says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. God is love. And he says, this is how God showed his love among us, among 
them among humanity. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. When Jesus Christ was squeezed, lemon juice did not come out of Him. When Jesus Christ was squeezed, hatred did not come out of Him. Vengeance did not come out of Him. Hatred and anger did not come out of Him. In fact, you can read about the moment when He was being squeezed on the cross and He said, Father, forgive them! For they do not know what they're doing. If that's not love, I don't know what is. There's this epic moment in a movie that's becoming one of my favorites. Gladiator. I mean, it came out, what, like 2001? I literally just watched it last fall for the first time. The epic scene that's kind of my favorite is Marcus Aurelius, the, the Roman emperor. He's ill. Death is on his doorstep. And he's watching... From the flank, he's watching the barbarians move. And then here comes Maximus. Almost in dead of night, but there's a little light and there's smoke. Running, riding the, the horse through the trees. And he comes and is encircled by the men. And he wants to muster them. To fight. To sneak attack these barbarians. And he wants them to imagine... Three weeks from now, he says, I will be home, tending to my garden. He wants them to imagine a future. He says, what will you be doing? Then, it's the epic line. He says, men, what we do in life echoes into eternity. It's like a punch in the gut, man. It's awesome. The moment I heard that, there's some truth in that line. What you do, what I do, what we do in this life echoes into eternity. In fact, what we choose in this life echoes into eternity. Has an impact. When you're squeezed, what comes out of you? What's going to come out of you? What have you filled on the inside of you? Nothing is more powerful than the content of your life. What you choose today will impact tomorrow and the future that you're choosing to create and the eternity that you're choosing to create. Regardless if you were pulled in here by your earlobe, regardless if you were guilted in coming, or you were genuinely loved and invited, As I said earlier, you chose to be here. 
you could have said no. Uh-uh, ain't having it. That should tell you, tells me that you're wanting something way more than what life has been giving you. Because what life has been giving you, you've been found wanting. And the things you've been choosing have been determining your direction and you see the direction that you're heading toward, that destination. It doesn't look pleasant to you. Who you are comes out of you when you're squeezed. By the example set from Christ, does love come out of you? forgiveness come out of you? Does kindness come out of you? All the things you long for from other people, is it coming out of you? Today's your day. This is your moment to choose something greater for you in your life. The choice you make can change your eternity can change what comes out of you when you're squeezed. You know that there's something more than the world has given you. You know that there's something more than what you've taken. When all is said and done, it'll be in a dumpster and somebody else will own it. But, there's no law against love. There's no law against kindness. There's no law against generosity. If that comes out of you, that can never be taken from you. So it's your choice. The resurrection, the empty tomb, is empty so that it can fill you. Heavenly Father, in this moment, in the silence, we are faced not only with the contents of our heart, but the contents of yours. We are faced with our direction and our destination. This life matters. Jesus, you did not lead a rebellion but a revolution for the human heart that we might become one with you and come home to you where our soul is given life and life abundant on this side of heaven and on the other Christ I thank you your heads bowed and your eyes closed I'm not going to manipulate you I don't do that this is not an emotional moment this is a choice for you if something resonated today in your heart and in your mind if it clicked maybe for the very first time you just may not understand it all that's fine I still wonder sometimes But if the Holy Spirit spoke into your life, 
then you know the only way to change the content of your heart is through Jesus' own heart. Then I'm asking you to make a decision today to choose Christ. To choose Him. To be filled with the contents of His heart in you. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer and I just would ask that you, I would invite you to sincerely pray this as well. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Your cross, your death was for me. I give you my life. That resurrection, oh, I need it in my life. So I give you my life. Jesus, I give it to you. I'm asking that you cross the line of faith for the very first time. If you prayed that, Again, I'm not trying to embarrass you, heads bowed. If you prayed that today, if you said, Jesus, I, I give it to you. you mind just raising your hand? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stepping in here was the hardest moment. This is a little bit easier. If that was you, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Jesus, I thank you for those that that raised their hand this morning, that said and acknowledged, yep, that's me. That's me. I need light. I need hope in my world. I need you, Jesus, to give me your life as you surrendered it for us. I praise you for that, Lord. For all of us. I ask that you just make us more like you. Jesus. It is in your name that we ask today. Amen. We love you. Have a great Easter. Love the Lord, the God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have a great week and a happy Easter Sunday. We love you. And if please take a lily home with you. We we, we don't want them. Take them home. <laughs> so have a great Easter. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.